0: hey guys cable here and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by pyro putty this is a product that uh, i'm very excited about as far as reinventing the wheel when it comes to fire starting technology you can get pyro putty wet it's still gonna light you can attach it to a wet log it's gonna burn long enough to start a fire on that wet wood so when it comes to boosting morale in the backcountry what what is better than a a warm fire, right? There's nothing. You get home from a long day, back to camp. You've been chasing elk through the mountains or mule deer or whatever for you know, from sun up to sundown. You're cold and you're wet, and you can't get a fire started. Not because you don't have a fire starter, but because that fire starter doesn't do the job. Pyro putty does, and you can find it at pyroputty.com. It's a size of about a can of dip. That's all it is. And inside that can of dip, you got a seven-hour burn time. You put a, a piece the size of a nickel. On a stick And it's going to burn For 8 to 10 minutes It's Pyro Putty You need it In your backcountry kit It's going to boost morale Could save your life You never know uh, But you can find it At pyroputty.com The
1: laughing
2: eyes of Ireland
1: Sparkling blue and green With hair as black As Guinness stout And barely 17 We're back out On the cobblestones Whiskey drunk and high again Pickered up and gearing up For seven nights in Ireland
0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, Cable Smith. Welcome everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. A little reckless Kelly, 7 nights in Ireland kicking things off for us here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies with you week in and week out. And man, we've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm going to tell you all about it here momentarily, but I tell you I'm getting excited, y'all. Elk season, see, I'm heading to Montana. It's like 43 days from now. Of course, before that, we've got the dove opener, beginning of September, September 1st. I don't understand why that's not not just a Texas holiday, but it should be a national holiday. Dove season truly kicks off hunting season, and hunting should be celebrated as a country. There's no denying that fact. I mean, that's how Americans... provided for themselves when they came here. It's how Indians provided for themselves before that and how man has provided for himself since the beginning of time, right? So I'm getting excited. Uh, You know, lots of chores to do as well. Uh, Deer Lease needs tree stands hung. It needs feeders filled, needs shooting lanes cut, all that stuff, all these little projects that we're all investing so much time, so much energy, so much sweat, maybe even a little blood um, as we are preparing hunting season and it's all so worth it on that cold fall day when everything comes together and you run an arrow through your hit list buck or maybe you let granddaddy's 30-06 take down a nice eight point Uh, but that's what we live for and it all culminates in those moments no doubt anyway here's what's on the docket for today so you know what to do by now pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire pour yourself another cup of coffee because we're ready to rock and roll off the top We'll be joined by Kennetrek Trek Boots president and founder Jim Wingum. as, you know, we're also preparing, something else we're doing right now, preparing for those backcountry uh, archery hunts, right? Maybe you've got a, a, a late season tag. Whatever the case, if you're hitting the backcountry, footwear is of the utmost importance. I would even go as far as to say it is the most important part of your backcountry kit. And so Jim will be here to talk about not just Kinetrek, but what are some of the things you need to look for when trying to select the right boot for the right hunt? What is flex in a boot? Um, What about insulation? Uh, What about sizing? All of these things, socks, liners. We're going to get into the whole gambit here today with Jim. Uh, Then a special in-studio guest, Mason Lively, one of the guys who I think is possibly going to save country music, a uh, real up-and-comer, great songwriter, uh, fine young man. He'll bring his guitar, and he will join us in studio coming up here in a little bit. So uh, we'll talk some—I think we'll talk some deer hunting, maybe a little fishing with Mason. He grew up along the South Texas coast, and, uh, and then we'll hear some brand-new tunes. So cool stuff on that front. And then we'll wrap up today's broadcast by checking in with Texas Trophy Hunters Association— President and CEO, Dave Keith. You know, it's extravaganza season. At least they will kick off next week uh, in uh, Houston. Houston is first. Then we've got Fort Worth, San Antonio in subsequent uh, weekends. And I'll be out at the Fort Worth show. But lots of great stuff going on at the granddaddy of all hunting shows, as it's uh, so commonly referred to. Uh, so Dave will be here. We'll talk a little bit about the upcoming extravaganzas and then the locked and loaded promotion where TTHA is giving away like upwards of 20-something, it might even be 30, I don't know. It's a lot of guns, scopes, binos, all sorts of really awesome prizes. And Dave will tell us how we can throw our hat in the ring for a chance to win one of those incredible prizes. Uh, So cool stuff coming up with Dave at the bottom of the hour. So anyway, that's what's on today's presentation. I'm certainly excited about it. Let's do a quick giveaway here. I've got a Vortex cap t-shirt. We'll throw in a Lone Star Outdoors show sticker and a, uh, and we'll do a, a can of pyro putty as well. And all you need to do is email the word Vortex. That's Vortex to Show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered for a chance to win this week's giveaway. Don't forget, uh, still always accepting your photo of the month submissions. Uh, our 12 monthly winners will square off at the end of the year. For a chance to hunt trophy black buck or axis deer with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas, so certainly pumped about that grand prize hunt offered up by Coons Canyon Ranch once again here in 2019. Let's knock out a quick break when we come back. Kenneth Trek Boots, Jim Winchum joins us on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Are you tired of waking up at 2 a.m. to fight public land skybusters? Cable here for 3Curl Outfitters and their new North Texas Duck Club, which consists of over 3,000 acres and 40 water bodies throughout Ellis and Navarro counties. 3Curl does the planting, provides metal blinds, decoys, and posts a weekly scouting report. All you and your buddies do is reserve the property you want and show up to hunt. This opportunity is limited to 10 four-person memberships, so for the waterfowling experience of your lifetime, go to 3curl.com or call 214-641-8097 today.
3: Howdy, folks. I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffman's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffman's, once again, the number one Polaris dealer in Texas.
0: High County, Illinois, and the surrounding area is hallowed ground for whitetail hunters. And with 21 years experience, Golden Triangle Whitetails is the oldest outfitter in the state. Spread out over 14,000 acres, they have 350 acres of food plots, 500 tree stands, and over 80 box blinds. The guides take pride in having hunters harvest giant Midwest bucks. Golden Triangle Whitetail hunts the Illinois archery, shotgun, and muzzleloader season. They have a full-time chef and excellent lodging. Book your whitetail hunt of a lifetime by going to www.GoldenTriangleWhitetail.com
3: today. I'm Frankie. I'm Stella. And doesn't mean to dad.
2: I'm the Lone Star Outdoor Show.
4: By the way, these are my boots. Same size my grandpa wore when he bought for me
5: on fallen soul These are my boots.
0: Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by. Dallas Safari Club, my boots. It's the music of Travis Meadows, and uh, it's perfect because we're about to talk some boots. Uh, thank you guys and gals for being here. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris as well. And uh, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. And with that being said, um, let's get right down to it. Today's first topic of discussion, you know, is Folks have drawn their tags or planning to go over the counter for elk, mule deer, what have you, in the high country this fall. Well, footwear is at the very top of my gear list because if your feet fail you, you are screwed. Hunt over or at the very least, you're going to be extremely uncomfortable. And so joining us now to discuss the proper footwear for those environments and uh, terrains, it's my pleasure to welcome Kenetrex founder and president Jim Winjem to the show. Thanks, Gabe.
6: Absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk a lot, a, a lot about specifically hunting boots today. Um, but before we do that, I want to get to know you a little bit. We've obviously visited, um, you know, briefly at Dallas Safari Club when KenneTrex right. comes down to our convention, and we're obviously um, thrilled to have you guys be a part of of that event. But Let's start with what what do you like to hunt, Jim? What do you do for fun?
1: Um, you know, I mean I I was basically born and raised in in Montana. I come from Great Falls and uh just grew up uh as a young kid just hunting and fishing was was kind of always my passion, spending time outdoors and and many, many years ago I kinda discovered the uh the ability to hunt in different states. You know, I mean obviously Montana is you know, the last best place, and it's a, a pretty awesome place to, to grow up um, as far as hunting opportunities mm-hmm. go, but I started uh, looking at different species and was really drawn to the mountain hunt, you know, in particular sheep hunting, and oh, I wow. remember going to, uh, I was working for, for Schnee's at the time, you know, I was their, their uh, uh, designer, pack boot designer, and And I remember going to a show at the Wild Sheep Foundation and and talking with uh, some of the different biologists from Arizona and Nevada. And I'm like, you mean, really, if I apply and I draw a permit, I can come and hunt in your state? I mean, I was pretty young and and, uh, naive. They're like, yep, you draw the permit. You're more than welcome. I'm like, "Okay, count me in. (laughs) And the guys would laugh and say, yeah, (laughs) I hate to burst your bubble, kid, but you'll never draw the permit, you know, because the odds are so tough have been really really gifted over the years unbelievable luck you know as far as drawing uh non-resident permits and yeah so that just really created a passion for this this uh i guess what i would call adventure hunting
6: so Uh, so have you been on a, a sheep hunt that you drew where you drew the tag I feel pretty good that I just drew a Montana general elk tag this year so.
1: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and I think
6: the odds are like 50%. So yeah,
1: I wanted two, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
6: But uh, yeah, no, my buddy and I are coming up there. Um, we're going to be hunting with Ty Stubblefield. And, oh yeah. Um, yeah. So our, our first time elk hunting, I have bear hunted, um, black bear, spring bear, um, in Montana, but never, uh, never elk, so I'm excited about that, but man. Looks
1: like a really good year, we've got a lot of moisture, so the horn growth should be outstanding.
6: Awesome, awesome. Well, so how did that lead to the formation of of Kinetrek?
1: Well, um, you know, so I had this love for for mountain hunting these, you know, and that drew me into, you know, one of my dream books was to to kill one of the white sheep, you know, go on that that hunt to the, the far northwest territories, and And I had that kind of in my dream book for a long time. And I thought, there's no way I'll ever be able to do this. You know, and and, uh, just one thing led to another. And pretty soon I found myself on that adventure.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, the problem that I have is I'm I'm very tall and very gangly. And I have terrible feet, you know, like a loose bag of bones and and, uh, (laughs) long and narrow and high arches, just just the absolute definition of disastrous blisters. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I tell a lot of my friends, I'm I'm like, there's a reason you don't see giraffes in the mountains, you know, (laughs) that's that's kind of the description of me, especially when you put a, you know, a 70 or 80 pound pack on my back. It's like, I I fall down a lot. (laughs) But but anyway, so I I went on my first sheep hunting adventure and I was wearing a, a different brand of boots and just cut my feet to. I mean, just to gashes, I mean, just wounded, really wounded, and so, you know, obviously on a, one of those those hunts where, you know, backpack hunting, it's very rugged, and, and it'll try your, you know, your limits, I mean, as far as physical.
6: And then yeah, once but, you're physically, you know, compromised, then that starts to test your mental fortitude. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. I, I mean, had, just uh, like <laughs> I said last year, my blisters, blisters got blisters. <laughs> so it was like that's you know and exactly i had what
1: i'm talking yeah
6: about. and i had worn um rocky boots for like six years and yeah but all of a sudden man I, that's why i came to you and said i need to upgrade yeah because this, they're
1: fine they're yeah. fine in a lot of environments just not that one.
6: Oh my gosh it was so bad every step i was like lord just give me the strength to
1: take one more yeah.
6: step you know i was like oh yeah. it was terrible 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 it, so, and
1: it's amazing i mean when your feet go i mean It's hard to recover. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like something you can just power through because you can really uh, physically hurt yourself. I mean, and it takes a long time for your feet to heal.
6: If we wouldn't have leuko tape, I think it would have been been very difficult to continue. And and it still still hurt hurt. every day. I mean, it was it was hell. But at least that gave me some level of uh, you know um, resistance against that constant. Just right. slamming of that blister. So,
1: so that was the kind of the foundation. You know, mm-hmm. like I, my my whole thought process was like, hey, I'm not the only one that is suffering. You know, on the right. and, and and you any of those hunting camps that you go to, um, that's quite often a, a topic of conversation. You know, because everybody's looking for the same thing, and everybody is suffering. Mm-hmm. And so that really was a motivation to uh, develop uh, what I would call our mountain boot series. Uh, which is like
2: the Kennetrek Mountain extremes. Yeah,
6: yeah. Okay, so that's where it all originated, and so, right. and so, you know, from there to where we are today, I mean, obviously Kennetrek has an, an amazing reputation. So, we're going to talk about some of the specific features of of a, hunt, of a hunting boot in particular, and let's start with like flex. Everyone, you hear the word flex. W- what is that? I mean, everyone knows that either more or less flex. Why is that important in a boot, and and do you generally want more or less of it?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, you know, like if you're on flat ground and soft ground, you know, like just basically earth, um, you know, that has some give to it, trails, things like that, uh, you don't need necessarily that, that super supportive, uh, rigid. You know, really all of that comes from the midsole. When you hear mm-hmm. uh, the term flex in a boot, and some companies will We'll grade those from, you know, one to five, uh, something like that. And that just has to do with the stiffness of the, the portion underneath your foot. Right. And so, I like, I call it a torsional rigidity test. That's where you grab the heel and the toe, and you try to twist that boot. And so you can imagine, like, our mount boots, they're so stiff, you, you can't flex that at all. Yeah. And the reason for that is because if you get in uh, really rugged terrain, and, and by rugged, I mean steep side hills, uphill, downhill, uh, but then also the the surface material, a lot of rock, right? And so when you're walking on that rock, if you have a boot that is not supportive, all of those, you know, you step on a sharp stone, you'll be able to feel that right through. And and it basically over a period of time is like a super aggressive massage to the bottom of your feet that you don't want.
6: Right.
2: (laughs)
1: And so at the end of the day, you feel like your feet have been just beaten with hammers. Uh, so, so a stiff boot in any type of mountain hunt is is really important.
6: Okay, well, and here's a good comparison. So I have the uh, obviously a mountain extreme here, um, which I'll be taking on all my backcountry hunts this year. But I've already broken in my safari boot, um, yeah. which I I went to South Africa and also I, I really used turkey season. There's a time to, to put some miles on it and get it, you know, you don't want to take a new boot out and, and just say, oh, I'm going to go on an eight-day safari. Right. Um, so talk a little bit about the difference between those because obviously they're designed for two different things. Um, and you just talked a lot about the, uh, the support and the rigidity yeah. of, the, of the mountain boot. But what about like the safari boot?
1: Yeah, so the Safari boot, even though it's made on a, a similar, it's made on the same last, you know, which is the shape of the boot, mm-hmm. so the fit is identical, but as far as the midsole, like our Mountain Extreme boot has a 7 millimeter thick, full-length nylon midsole, and so that really is the heart and sole of the boot. Mm-hmm. The Safari drops down to a 5 millimeter. so okay. obviously as you thin that out, there's quite a bit more flexibility in the boot still pretty supportive, you know, I mean, like, I imagine you found that you can walk, you know, all day long in that boot.
6: Oh, yeah, and yeah. and we actually did, I mean, we got into the mountains a little bit, too, so it, it definitely held up, and I had a little bit of a sprained ankle, because I'm a jackass and still think I should be playing basketball and soccer at, like, 37. <laughs> so You can't uh, wear your boots for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it, uh, it's, it definitely gave me that support, you know, when a little bit of a compromised ankle there, and you're putting, oh, I'd say we probably walked eight, ten miles a day, Right. Um, give or take. So yeah, I was very pleased with its performance and the comfort yeah. was, uh, you know, it was it was spot on. And with that
1: safari boot, we've really designed that for, you know, because a lot of times you're in hotter weather, mm-hmm. right? And so you want more breathability. So we don't put in a waterproof membrane in that boot specifically to, to allow it to breathe much more than if that membrane is there. And so I think you'll find that that boot versus a non-insulated mountain extreme is, is about 15 degrees cooler uh, as far as what you feel on your feet.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, no, I fe- and I felt like if I was, like, say, going to West Texas to go all dead hunting, I feel like I could yeah. definitely take this boot into the mountains and I would have the support that I needed for sure. Right. Um, but I also wanted, for the backcountry stuff where I knew it was going to be only in the mountains, um, I wanted that high ankle support. What do, what do most people generally choose? Do they choose the the full height. I just call it like you know, high top. That's that's the one that I got. Or it yeah. like what is the other one? A three quarter?
1: It, it's it's kind of a personal preference. You know, basically those those two heights that you're looking at are a ten inch. You know, for our Mountain Extreme, which is really what you would call a a tall boot. You know, uh-huh. that's a hunting height of um, a, a standard boot, like if you're talking to your Rockies or something like that, typically those will be more at 8 inches or work. the whole work boot industry is usually 8 inches, and then the hiking height will be uh, 7, you know, mm-hmm. approximately there. And so a lot of that is personal preference, and a lot of people like the taller boot because there's more protection from the elements. Uh, you don't have to, uh, you know, wear a gaiter necessarily. It'll keep uh, debris from falling inside of the boot. There's nothing more frustrating than taking a hiking boot and going across a scree field, you know, with your backpack on. And, and all of a sudden, a, a little thumb-sized rock, you know, finds its way down into the boot. Well, you've got to stop and, and completely extract that because otherwise it will tear your feet up, you know.
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I like to, when when my buddies and I sit down to glass, I try to wait for the moment when their uh, like their boot is just a little exposed, and I try to put rocks in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this all about. Yeah, yeah.
6: And they always sure. they they'll be they'll hike another half a mile, and they're like, "Man, I got to stop. Something's in my boot." And I'll just kind of <laughs> smile. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I got um, I did get a little bit of insulation in mine. Um, yeah. Never know how cold it's gonna be. In September, I mean, I've experienced um, just absolute whiteouts in New Mexico in late September, and then I'm going to Newfoundland in October. So I was like, well, I need to have some. Oh, you are. That's great. Yeah, some insulation there. Um, talk about the the different levels of insulation, and um, you know, why why choose one over the other?
1: Sure. We have, uh, you know, we basically have a non-insulated version in in most all of our boots then our best-selling style is what I'd call lightly insulated, and that's 400 grams of thinsulate insulation.
6: That's what I got. Uh-huh. And,
1: and so it's about 20 degrees difference, you know, so it's not super insulated. You know, it's just going to take you down below snow uh, level, you know, as far as temperature goes. Uh-huh. Um, still provides a lot of support. Then we have a, a extreme insulation, which is 1,000 grams. And so we send a lot. Of that is very insulated, and that'll take you down uh, below zero.
6: Sounds like late season or rifle tags.
1: Yeah, late season rifle tags. Somebody who has trouble with cold feet, like we'll send a lot of those boots to you know the crazy hunts uh, to Asia, you know like the Marco Polo mm. or something in mm-hmm. December, where it's truly, I mean, your, your normal temperature would be twenty below zero. You know, you you definitely have to gear up for that, and yet you still need support because you're in the mountains.
6: Um, what about break-in time? I mean, that's always. I mean, everyone so is is concerned with that. and They should be. And I know people who've just like, oh, I just got a new pair of boots. Now I'm going to go. Whether it's turkey hunting or mountain hunting, if oh, you yeah. put those new boots on and you haven't worn them, at least around the house, um, you know, maybe you went for a couple walks in the neighborhood, put some miles on them, then you're going to pay for it. So, oh, yeah. what what do you advise folks when they come to you and say, hey, I need a new pair of boots? This is the hunt I'm going on. What do you tell them, you know, how long should they expect to to break those things in?
1: Yeah, we we tell them, you know, right up front, we we tell them, look, you you want to put about 50 miles on your boots. And and some people are just absolutely shocked, and they, you know, they look at us and say, are you crazy? I don't think I've walked 50 miles in my life, and it it sounds like (laughs) a big number, but uh to me it's really not that big because you need to be for that any type of hunt like that you need to be doing quite a bit of training you know mm-hmm. that can be a mile a day that can be on a treadmill you just want an opportunity to not only break that boot into your foot but also to toughen your foot to the boot so it's kind of a melding process that goes on there and you know i mean most of us uh, Unless you work on your feet all day, I mean, a lot of us, you know, ride a desk, you know, for, for the majority of our our yeah. waking hours, and that does nothing for strengthening not only your body but your feet as well. And you 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 need to you need to toughen those feet up, and and they'll respond definitely, you know, by by getting that exercise and and doing your training, you know, which you're going to want to do anyway. And so the the point is, just make certain that you're doing that with your boots on.
6: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will be uh, hitting the treadmill with a pack on in my, in my mountain, no <laughs> it doubt about it. People are going to look funny, at me but... funny, but they're not going <laughs> to have an elk at the end of the day, and I am, so, That's right. so they can kiss my rear end. Um, That's right. What, uh, what about socks? You know, you guys obviously also have um, quite a few different options as far as socks are concerned, uh, but talk about, you know, what, what sock to pair with what uh, type of hunt. And I mean, because socks can be so important um, in addition are, to the yeah. boot. I mean, they can make or break it as far as the blisters go, too.
1: Yeah, to me, once you determine the size, you know, the appropriate uh, length of boot, you know, that you need to, and, and, you all, and that, that is something that is very important, that you have a little bit of extra toe room uh, on your boots for going downhill because, you know, when you go downhill, especially with weight on your back, you know, your feet you need to be able to slide forward just a little bit, and that's usually about a snug finger's width. And so kind of a way to check your fit on your boots, any of these harder, uh, supportive mountain boots, you want you can just sit in a chair, unlace the boots and then slip your foot forward in the boot until you just make any point of contact, not just your big toe, but it can be your little toe, wherever you first touch the front of that boot. Mm-hmm. And then if you put your finger down in behind your heel, you want about a snug fingers width. And that just assures that you've got a little bit of extra length uh, for, for that protection.
6: Because I've had black toe
1: from downhilling. Yeah, you can get black toe. All it takes is just a little bit of contact, and you do that across, you know, five or six miles. and you That got toenail's
6: finished. gone when you get home.
1: Gone, yeah. <laughs> and it takes a year to grow back, yeah. right?
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, it, they also look at you funny when you wear sandals after that happens. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in That's Texas, nice. we wear a lot of sandals. <laughs> yeah,
1: nice toenail paint, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, so uh, as far as the socks, then what you want to do is you want to uh, provide a sock combination. Uh, some people like to wear just a single sock, and that's fine. I mean, we still recommend uh, a liner with a uh, over sock, and the reason for that is because it does allow a little bit of slipping between the socks. You know, the, when you talk about blisters, like all those blisters you got, that's basically a product of friction. So mm-hmm. your foot is moving inside of the boot back and forth. That generates heat, and they're therefore creates a blister. So with the sock, what you want to do is select the, the appropriate thickness uh, to fit that boot to where your, your foot is held uh, completely stable, not overly tight, you know, not, not like crushing. You don't want to reduce circulation in your feet, but uh, just that nice snug fit where you feel like your foot is not going to move inside of the boot. Because if you have, you know, slip inside of the boot, that's just, you, you get in rugged terrain, that's just lethal. I mean, you're going to be blistered up like like no tomorrow. You, they're a form-fitting sock, right? And so you have a, a, a real uh, structural heel pocket that's built into the sock and an arch brace that holds that in place. And then you have padding under the ball, you know, in the high-pressure high, uh, uh, areas under the ball of your foot and the base of your heel. And... I'm a big fan of not only synthetics, but also merino wool, and so all of our socks have a combination of those two, and so the merino wool is just a wonderful fiber that that insulates when it's damp, wicks perspiration away, it's antimicrobial naturally, uh, but it's fairly soft, and so you can wear, you know, like a lot of people, you know, wear a, a wool sock, and and uh, wear the heels right out or the toes right out. Well, what that wool needs is it needs to be woven together with a man-made fiber that's much more durable mm, okay. and to achieving that perfect balance and then the correct thickness, like we offer lightweight, medium weight, heavy weight, extra heavyweight. and that just describes the thickness of the sock. And so you can see that, okay, you've, you've selected your boot, you've got the right length, uh, now you need to create the perfect volume inside of the boot to to create that non-slip snug fit Uh and it takes a little bit of effort And you know like i would always recommend that you order you know several different thicknesses of sock and then you'll come up with the perfect recipe for that boot and then i would wear that no matter what the weather is because really you're looking for in those mountain boots you're looking for a performance uh type fit
6: do you think that a lot of hunters and and this is crazy. It's and it, To me, it's like, uh, you know, you buy a $5,000 rifle, and then you put like a $300 scope on it. And I think yeah. hunters do this, um, and they they get this tag that they've wanted their entire life, and then they they don't really pay attention to the fine details of, you know, the right. system. Your boot and your sock is a system, it is a system. unique yeah. to your foot and that boot. Right. And right. I think a lot of guys right. just, they get a pair of boots. Maybe they break them in, but they break them in with a sock that's not going to perform in the mountains. And, right. and then they've got held to the pay. Wrong
1: sock. I mean, you know, like it might be, a di- it'll be a completely different sock that you come up with for a different, you know, because every boot is slightly different the way they fit. Um, so, you know, if you if you get a boot from Cabela's or something that's a different brand than a Kennetrek, you'll end up with a different sock that will make that boot perform the best it can. Mm-hmm.
6: Okay. Well, lots of interesting stuff to contemplate as folks are preparing for their their own backcountry hunts this fall. Um, as we're wrapping things up, though, I did want to ask you about any new products that uh, people might not be aware of that are out for 2019.
1: Yeah, we actually came up with uh, several. It's actually been 18, 19. nineteen. We've even got you know more coming out in twenty. But uh, basically, our customers kind of drive our our innovation, if I you know could put it that way, because of the strength of our mountain boots for you know for sheep hunting, backcountry hunting, anything like that. You know, we've had uh, customers approach us and they want you know boots that are required. They want that same support, the same benefit of those hunting boots in their work boots, and so. We've come up with a whole line of, of certified, you know, safety toe boots in all different insulation levels and, you know, for specific uh, product, uh, you know, areas like linemen, you know, like you picture linemen that have to be able to climb poles, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously our boot, because of that stiffness, is very supportive. Uh, but we've, so we've developed a boot there that uh, is is definitely the better mousetrap for sure, you know, and and uh, that's a, a small niche area, niche market, but, uh, boy, it's very, very popular. And then just this year we came out with a wildland fire boot, same type of thing. You know, if you're a wildland firefighter, those guys are about as tough on their feet as anybody, way tougher than a mountain hunt even. Can you imagine working 20 hours a day <laughs> just right? pounding your feet? Oh. And, and they do that for weeks on end, you know, on their shifts. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Wildland Fire boots, they have come to us for years. You know, they—they're like, oh, well, I'm wearing my Mountain Extremes," and I'm like, "No, you can't do that. They're heat sensitive. You, know, you can't take those on a fire line. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna melt the boot and all yeah. kinds of stuff." And they're like, well, "Well, why don't you design one?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, we'll look into that." And boy, oh boy, that was a, about a two-year process because every single material has to be replaced. Yeah, right. Even the outsole—you have to be able to light that outsole on fire. Burning rubber, take the ignition—you know—the flame away, and then it self extinguishes. I mean, well, that's obviously that's completely different than than the normal boot. Uh, The contact—you know—the adhesive has to be 500 degree—you know—adhesive, so you know, because otherwise your sole will fall off. You're right. Right. Get exposed to that heat. Uh, So there's a whole lot that, that went into that. You know, as far as the lab certification, all the tests that are required to pass. So.
6: Yeah, I've uh yeah, been I've, very popular. I've ended up on airplanes with a lot of those firefighters that will oh, be yeah. flying from one state to another, especially yeah. out west, you know, when you've got yeah. uh I think it was it might have been Oregon a couple of years ago. Had some really bad wildfires and, and so I think I was on a flight with some guy from Colorado that was going up to Oregon to to uh to help fight that battle. So
1: some big fire uh problem, you know, in in different states, different years.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I forgot to ask you, and uh, we are almost out of time, but why? Um, you see a lot of these other companies, they're putting out boots these days that the, don't even have a lick of leather on them. So what is the advantage of, of having like a treated um, leather versus just like an all synthetic, um, I don't know what they're, they're made out of, uh, nylon or, or what, uh, but it seems like those boots are a lot lighter. They don't offer as much support and certainly aren't going to keep you warm and dry.
1: correct i mean you can you can do some different things there i mean the the nice thing about the nylon is the is the durability and like you said that it's lighter in weight and so a lot of that is saving weight but again that comes with a trade-off you know i mean it's really hard to beat leather as far as the fit the support all of that Um, Uh okay so typically you're not going to see as durable uh as a a good old you know old-fashioned leather boot
6: right on okay well, Jim, I certainly appreciate it, my friend. Um, like I said, have had a chance to uh, to test out these safaris and, and was very pleased with them and looking forward to doing the same with the uh, Mountain Extreme coming up here. Wow, it's right around the corner. I can't believe we're, it is. we're halfway <laughs> through July now.
2: <laughs> yeah. So.
6: What, uh, what tags did you draw this year?
1: Uh, let's see, this year I, I promised my wife I would take a year off, you know, after my crazy year last year, <laughs> and so... Um, So far, I've got an Arizona deer, uh, Alaska uh, Moose, Alaska Brown Bear, and a Kansas Whitetail.
6: Um, And this is taking a year off?
1: Yeah, not very good. I
6: (laughs) I love it. I I love
1: it, Jim. I can't help myself.
6: (laughs) I know. All right, man. Well, hey, we certainly appreciate it. Um, I encourage folks to follow Kennetrek on uh, all of their social media outlets. They've got Instagram, Facebook, of course, as well as the uh, website. You can find their entire lineup of boots there, and we'll look forward to uh, running into you again when you come back to Dallas. Sounds really good.
0: Thanks very much, Cable. Well, there he goes, Kinetrek Boots founder and president, Jim Wendium. Uh Awesome stuff there. And, you know, we don't get incredibly techie on this broadcast. There's plenty of others out there that do, but I think that uh, footwear in the backcountry is something that, from my personal experience, is uh, just can't be overlooked. So if I can save even one of you uh, from the same discomforts and unpleasant situations I've found myself in, uh, then uh, it's well worth it. Plus, Kennetrek makes an awesome boot. So anyway, uh, that segment brought to you by Vortex Optics and the new Razer 4000 HD Laser Rangefinder. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Top of the line, 4,000-yard reflective range. Uh, it's what I just took to Africa, actually, back in June, and I'll be taking it to Montana coming up here second week of September on that archery elk hunt. You can find it at vortexoptics.com. Vortex, the force of optics. We will be right back with an up-and-comer on the country music scene. Hailing from the South Texas coastal plains, Mason Lively joins us in studio on the Lone Star Outdoors show.
3: the granddaddy of all hunting shows, returns this August to Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. The 2019 Hunters Extravaganza. We'll have all the latest in hunting gadgets and gear. Buy direct from the manufacturers and save. Bring the kids and see Gator Country's huge alligators, last season's bucks from our annual deer contest, live rattlesnakes, and enter our incredible locked and loaded giveaway. The 2019 Hunters Extravaganza, returning this August to Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. For details and tickets, visit huntersextravaganza.com. In the
0: market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000.
3: or visit our website at www.biggame.org.
5: Hi, I'm Eva Shockey, and thank you for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor
3: Show. If I could move, I'd get my gun and put her in the ground.
0: There's a classic from Mel Tillis. Ruby, don't take your love to town, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cable Smith, Riding Shotgun with you today. Thank you so much for being here, as we're about to uh, hear some brand-new tunes and talk some outdoors with Mason Lively, uh, up-and-comer on the country music scene, no doubt about that. Big fan of his songwriting, and... uh, Kid's got a bright future, but uh, he's here in studio with us, and we'll get into that momentarily. But first, this segment of the show, proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Uh, I'd personally like to invite you to join me as a member of DSC uh, because this group of people are passionate about hunter's rights, education, and big game conservation. For more info, check us out at biggame.org. And with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and welcome our next guest to the presentation. He's sitting here in studio. He's got his guitar with him. Uh, So I imagine we'll hear a little picking and singing here in just a second. Mason Lively, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here. Thank you, man. I've been looking forward to this one. I'm glad to be here. Likewise, likewise. I always uh, enjoy Mm -hmm. finding new music from uh, younger artists that I think are Continuing the tradition of what I think is real country music. Well, thank you, man. So, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like I said, I just found you on Spotify randomly. Oh, sweet! Started listening to your stuff, and and next thing you know, here we are. Uh, but I don't know anything about you personally, so uh, tell us. Right, that's uh, probably for the best. Yeah. No, I'm kidding.
5: <laughs> uh, no, I. So I grew up uh, down in Victoria, Texas area, down on the Gulf Coast, and um, yeah, I started. Um, writing songs and, and playing guitar when I was about 14, 15. Uh-huh. And not long after that, uh, playing playing in little bars in the Victoria area, probably too young, when I was too young for <laughs> it. But, uh, but I was able to, you know, to go because my dad would come with me and help me set up every show. And that was really cool of him. And to trade off, I, I got to drive him home after he had a few beers <laughs> and watch his son <laughs> play some, some music. So it was a good little trade off. Awesome. But um, yeah, man. And then after high school, we moved up to uh, San Marcos, my, my guitar player and I, as in, as in we, because uh, we grew up playing together and stuff, and mm-hmm. we were, always wanted to move to a music town, like, hey, let's start a band, you know, and that's what we did. It took a couple years, and uh, a couple years of just messing around, and me not going to class, and him going to class, but still, like, not liking it, yeah. <laughs> and um, eventually we did. We, we formed a band, and I got to where I was strong enough songwriting-wise and, and singing-wise and performing to where we were confident enough and we met the right people and impressed the right people to help us get uh, on the path that we're at now I, you know recording the record stronger ties and just yeah. touring and everything
0: yeah awesome well so you're 21 yes sir yeah
5: okay 22 yes. next week oh awesome <laughs>
0: actually well, happy birthday early birthday happy early
5: birthday thank you i'll so be in nashville <laughs> oh right. oh yeah I'm not looking forward to how I'm going to wake up the next morning. <laughs> what's uh, What's going on in Nashville? I'm doing some co-writes and uh, having a couple of meetings up there. So, uh-huh. Yeah, man, I'm excited. A lot of you
0: guys go up there to do co-writes. Yeah, there's I mean, so very many common.
5: super talented songwriters up there, man. And it's a it's, it's really good experience to go up there and, and write. And a lot of, like, we're on the William Morris Booking Agency, and a lot of, like, the majority of big Texas artists are. We're definitely on the, uh, the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to, a, like, the popular artists that are on their roster in their main HQs out of Nashville, and that's mm-hmm. they book and you know they book us and everything like that. So we'll go up there and have meetings with them. And on top of that, just to make the trip worthwhile, we'll do like an acoustic show. I'll do an acoustic show somewhere or like a showcase in some bar in downtown Lower Broadway. We're doing whiskey jam, I'm doing whiskey jam this time, uh, which I'm really excited for. That's a big, big deal, yeah, in Nashville, and yeah, uh, riding with a lot of. Really talented songwriters up there next week.
0: Very cool, very cool. Well, let me ask you this. So, growing up in Victoria, I mean, did you? Uh, that's a pretty rural community. Oh yeah. So close to the to the bay, to the coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of nice deer hunting down there for sure, man. Did you get to spend a lot of time in the outdoors?
5: I did. I really did. I um, I really kind of I wasn't I wasn't dreading this part of the the conversation, but I was like I was like oh man, I'm gonna miss growing up because i don't get to do it much anymore uh-huh. doing this has really consumed my entire life but when i was a kid i you know always went hunting man i we had a couple different uh ranches in the family had one in, in goliad county uh-huh. and you know that that's a county that's known for its its deer and, and oh, yeah. everything like that and so i did a lot of hunting uh up there a lot of deer hunting mainly and turkey was pretty good out there too and my grandpa had a ranch in Quero outside of Quero in dewitt county and that was another county that was pretty good bucks out yeah. there. Yeah, in Turkey, too. Um, so what was your favorite thing to hunt, then? Dude, I, I liked – honestly, I liked dove hunting the most. It was the most fun for me because yeah. we did some dove hunting. There was a little lease that my grandpa had for a while um, right there on the Victoria County and where Victoria and Dewitt County line uh, across. And for some reason, that spot right there, because it was kind of out of town but not too far out of town, was so great for dove, and we were just – blast them all day man it was fun it was a good time right and what about fishing did you or did you prefer, fishing too or you like hunting better I, I liked hunting better but being that we were so close that it was that port o'connor's 30 minutes away from where i grew up i had friends that w- we would always go down there and, and bay fish and stuff and um yeah i yeah. went
0: to port o'connor for the first time last summer it's a
5: very good fishing yeah. spot for oh, sure yeah. we caught some giant redfish yeah dude yeah. like i was a i was a I liked hunting a lot more. That's why I didn't fish as much. Really, because I just I didn't like it as much as a lot of my friends did. I do like it, but just not as much as hunting. I thought it was like there's a difference, and there's a lot more uh, nostalgia and just like it's more of a relaxing thing for me for hunting, you know, and everything like that. I felt more like in tune with it than with fishing. Anytime I ever went fishing, it was when just me and a group of my buddies were acting stupid and going down <laughs> to port O'Connor connor and, and everything like that and but yeah. on the days where you would go down there with the intention of fishing and and uh and everything like that i mean we'd be pulling you know trout and reds all day drum it was, it was a lot of fun times growing up just so close to there
0: yeah well obviously you're a bit younger than i am uh, you're 21 like we said what uh
5: who are your biggest musical influences yeah so i um Growing up, I had so many different music What are you millennials listening to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't speak for the rest of millennials, uh, even though I'm, you know, some of the music that they listen to is not very good. <laughs> I, I can admit that. But a lot of it is. I'm not going to be like all of it isn't. But um, me personally growing up, I grew up with a lot of different styles of music. And that, like that grandpa I had mentioned that had the ranch out there and everything, some of my earliest memories of listening to music are with him uh, – playing like we would literally we would hunt and then the when we weren't he was cooking like stew from the the dove that we had killed a you know month or before or whatever or like some hogback strap whatever and we would hear um Ray Price in the background just cuz he had tons of CDs of like Ray Price Willie Nelson Don Williams Conway Twitty so many greats mm. and this he was one of those dudes that always liked to have music on in the background so uh That was a, that was a cool way to grow up right there, man. It was, and it was a lot of good memories just thinking about it now. And then, um, then I have like my grandma who had such a wicked sense of taste of music because she would listen to like the Eagles and, uh, (laughs) like Led Zeppelin. Like she was a cool grandma. Yeah. I'm looking back at it now, you know, and, um, even like the soul stuff that kind of influences, uh, me as well. Like the, uh. Ray Charles and like Stevie Wonder Sam Cooke, those really uh-huh. soulful like uh, singers and he, she loved them too and and uh, so did I and I I think that influenced me a lot as well and my dad being a huge Robert O'Keefe fan and, and Pat Green and all those really early Texas country guys and those are those are more great memories of being young uh, and listening to uh, like Robert O'Keefe in the back of my dad's truck and everything like that that act that live number two uh-huh. uh, CD that live at floors oh yeah uh, my dad literally got that stuck in his, in his truck CD player. He played it so much. It was insane. And then that was the only option. That was it. it was really? like I'm like, oh, I got to listen to Five Pound Bass again. <laughs> There's worse things. Oh, like, yeah. There's worse much thing. worse. Now I'm like, hell yeah. That was the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so all of
0: that you know, comes through in, in your style. Uh, your debut record, Stronger Ties, came out last year. Yes, sir. And uh, I want to uh, see if you'd play us a couple tunes off there. You've got your guitar here. Um, What do
5: you want to start with? I think I want to start with the uh, the new radio single, uh, "Early Grave." That was one that I wrote pretty young while I was in high school as well. And um, yeah, that one definitely leans more on the uh, bluegrass meets like Southern Gothic kind of uh, influences (laughs) that I that I had growing up. You know, so so you
0: wrote this in high school. I did. Yeah. So going back to your age, though. You've got some pretty deep lyrics here for, <laughs> about romance. Yeah, my parents romance thought about for your like <laughs> age. <figure laughs> I'm like, yeah.
5: My parents thought about checking me in somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, it's just because I, I listened to so much music and so much good music. And I kind of, I was lucky enough. I'll, don't get me wrong. A lot of songs I wrote back then were not good. But I was lucky enough to every once in a while catch that lightning in a bottle. Like, okay this is how you do it. This is how the greats do it, right? I'm going to try and emulate that. And Early Grave was one that just stuck with me. And and I I always played live. And then once we got around to the point where I could record an album and and tour and everything, that song just popped right back up. I'm like, yeah, this is still a good song. I'm going to record it. So let's take a listen. Let's do it. Up this morning with a bottle in my hand trying to figure out what happened last night trying hard to understand Then i remember my baby walked out and said that she was through with me oh she said she didn't love me anymore and i swore it was the death of me I smashed that bottle on the living room floor And I got down on my knees Then I threw our pixels in the fireplace And I watched them burn the smithereens With the liquor coursing through my veins It all still feels the same Now I've come to a conclusion That that a woman is the one to blame Oh, whiskey blues, won't you sing me on I swear that a woman's heart is made of stone. And the demons from that bottle, they keep calling out my name. Call now, I swear she's a devil. She's holding that shovel, just digging me an early grave. I up this morning with a Bible in my hand Cause I've been praying to the Lord that he gives me the power to make myself a better man And after that devil woman, Lord, she gonna get what she deserves someday Now the people might think that I'm crazy But it's kept me from going insane Oh, whiskey blues, won't you say that woman's heart is made of stone. And the demons from that bottle, alone oh, they keep calling out my name. I swear she's the devil, she's holding that shovel, it's digging me in early grade. Oh, Lord, I swear she's the devil, she's holding that shovel, it's digging me
0: Yeah, yeah. That is early grave, the current radio single. Awesome stuff, man. It's uh <laughs> Thank you. Like I said, a little uh, very deep for someone <laughs> uh that uh I, you know wouldn't think that has experienced all that the world has offered, uh, you know, 21 years old. Right. But that was, was always there. I'm very impressed like when I listened to your music the first time, I had no idea that you were As young as you are. And I don't want to keep harping on how young you are. (laughs) But uh, it's impressive, to be honest with you. Thank you. It's more of a compliment than anything else. I appreciate that. Um, Let's do this. Let's keep the tunes rolling.
5: Want to do another one? Let's do it, man. Yeah. This is hard to let go. about you again watching where you are and where you've been and where you're going it's been hard to let you go now i'm wishing on a shooting star that i'm on your mind wherever you are i hope it ain't that far they say that time can heal my wounds They don't know the hell that I've been through Since I lost you I just try not to let it show You left when the leaves began to fall Three years of love and now it's gone I thought we had it all But I wish we worked it out but we chose to watch our pride tear loving too. But I have without a doubt that even though forever just had to come unglued, I'm always gonna treasure these memories of you. I just gotta get. Said you needed to find yourself I don't see how I couldn't stay to hell But like I did with everything else I guess I didn't matter much at all Now I'm on this road again And I'm chasing a line that never ends Trying to get you out of my head Oh yeah But I wish we worked it out But we chose to watch our friday loving too But I have without a doubt That even though forever just had to come unglued Oh, I'm always gonna treasure these memories of you Oh, and after all the heartache and drowning in these tears no I'm gonna look back and thank God for those years But I wish we worked it out But we chose to watch out and pray to learn to But I have without a doubt That even though forever Just had to come on Oh, I'm always gonna treasure These memories of you I'm always gonna treasure These memories of you There I go thinking about you again Watching where you are and where you've been It's been hard to let you Cool. Love that one. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. I
0: think I told you that was the the first song I ever heard. Right, right. Uh, and randomly came up on my Spotify. I don't know what I was doing, but. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So that one's personally, um, you know, probably my favorite right there. And I know you said a lot of people relate to that one.
5: They tell you, hey, and, and you wrote that one in high school. Yeah, so it's funny. The first two songs I'm playing on, <laughs> on, on the show are songs I wrote. And they're the only two on the record that I wrote in high school. Uh-huh. But. Yeah, it's it's funny because like one's the radio single and, and Hard harder to let go is uh, one that I, I get people all the time. I, I think I feel like girls mainly, uh, but but even dudes too. Like, yo, I felt I felt that man. I've been through that, bro. And I'm like, cool, man. Thanks. I, didn't, I didn't go that far. I just said, hey. I <laughs> no. I know day, it, that's no. You you had the right response, but I've had dudes come up to me like, you, touch man. the chest, like, dude, she broke my heart, bro. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, cool. I got you. Let's do this. Let's take a quick
0: break. We'll come back uh, in a visible more and probably hear another tune. Oh, yeah, right. sounds good. Perfect. And that segment was brought to you by All Seasons Feeder and the Little Chingone. You know, I've had the big chingone on my dear lease for uh, well over a year now. My whole family can sit inside there. I could throw bell. I could even take the lab if I wanted to. But the Little Chingon is designed for more of a, a two-person experience. It's still got all of the same cup holders, shelves, carpet. I mean, still a Taj Mahal just in a smaller package. And you can find the Little Chingon, along with its bigger brother, right there at allseasonspeeders.com. We'll be right back with more from Mason Lively. He's here in studio on the Lone Star Outdoor Show.
3: Just walk on by, wait on the corner. I love you, but we're strangers when we meet. The granddaddy of all hunting shows returns this August to Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. The 2019 Hunters Extravaganza. will have all the latest in hunting gadgets and gear. Buy direct from the manufacturers and save. Bring the kids and see Gator Country's huge alligators. Last season's bucks from our annual deer contest. Live rattlesnakes and enter our incredible locked and loaded giveaway. The 2019 Hunters Extravaganza. Returning this August to Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. For details and tickets, visit huntersextravaganza.com. I need to go somewhere I've been To find a place I lost the trail Way back then So long ago I don't suppose you even know you got to me Brought all this empty down on the of Cable
0: Smith welcoming me. everybody back to today's presentation. That's the Lone Star Outdoor Show Zone. Great James McMurtry. It got to me and i tell you what uh as these guys continue to get up there in years uh, you look at them and i I just think songwriters like james mcmurtry are absolute treasures Uh, and sometimes i feel like they don't make them like they used to but then someone like mason lively comes along and uh reminds me that all hope is not lost for country music and Mason is still here in studio with us. We're going to pick it back up with him here momentarily. But first, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by First Light and their Corgit Guide Shorts. From the backcountry to the boat dock to the bar, the Corgit Guide Short offers everything that you come to expect from First Light comfort, uh, flexibility, and durability. It's essentially what I've been living in to beat the heat this summer. You can find it at FirstLight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer all right uh well mason man certainly appreciate you sticking around through the break brother it's great to have you here in studio thank you man i've, I've had a blast so far <laughs> man really well so we talked a little bit about your passion uh for the outdoors you know growing up um grandfather had a ranch and in mm-hmm. the music and that's why that's i mean think about this show it's it's where the outdoors you know meets music oh yeah and that's bars. always such
5: a cool concept and no. i love being involved with stuff like that so that sure. was a big part of your upbringing
0: um What was like? What is your fondest memory? It might have just been sitting in the kitchen with your grandfather cooking, like you said, the wild game that you guys had harvested. But I don't know if there was a specific deer that you shot that you remember uh, that really stands out, or maybe you played a prank on you
5: know someone at deer (laughs) camp. Let's see. Um, Oh, this is a good one. Uh, My well, this is more like scary than anything. But my grandpa is a cheap man, and (laughs) and he had this old wooden uh deer blind that he had you know built with himself of course and uh he uh had it on this it was a, on a perfect little little trail there on his land right on the fence line where you could uh, where he had a feeder about say 100 yards away from the blind mm-hmm. and um it was you never felt safe in it man it was like <laughs> you would crawl up there and it was so rickety and, and <laughs> you could feel it rocking when you're in there and everything like that and first, so what, how, what happened here first, I'll keep it pretty short because I, I tend to ramble. Um, so I see this very nice. I think it was an eight point, but, but it had a really uh, pretty widespread. So I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that one. And I'm leaning forward. He has, of course, he has this old chair that's like too tall for the window. Like he, threw, he just threw something up there, I guess. And so like I'm, I'm leaning on the, you know, on the opening of the side of the blind and I'm about to shoot, but I'm like leaning forward in the chair to where i can i'm comfortable with the scope mm-hmm. and everything and uh i'm have my old 270 which i still have i got from my dad when i was pretty young and yeah. that's just that's been my deer rifle that's and a classic texas yeah, deer yeah for sure for yeah. sure i love that thing and uh so i'm trying to get it comfortable and i'm leaning forward to do it and which was not smart because i was just the right angle to where when i shot it scoped me and it oh. scoped for the forehead i had to have been about maybe 15 or 16 and apparently i guess like me rocking really hard knocked the blind down it fell <laughs> the blind fell oh my God. and i was in it and i was like <laughs> holding a gun it was super scary looking back now it's kind of funny but like just because of the circumstances that led up to it and like <laughs>
0: so what happens when you're in a blind that collapses
5: it was it, luckily this one wasn't really tall it was a i have to say it was probably about four or five feet off the ground oh. with bo- the bottom of the blind so it was still pretty tall but it wasn't too bad um Nothing really. You just get super, <laughs> I don't know which I what I was shocked about more. The fact that I just got scoped hard, like in the forehead uh-huh. or that I'm falling. Like at that did, point I was like, I felt like this, you know, that, that instant, I don't know if you've ever scoped oh, yourself yeah, before, yeah. but yeah, did, it's, did it the, it's like that. Inst- oh yeah. Oh. It's like that instant pain, <laughs> like that instant, like major headache. It goes oh, from my. zero to yeah. 100. And I've never like, had a
0: migraine, but I, I have hit myself in the eye and I think in the nose one time. Yeah. It's hard enough to where your eyes just start watering. It's like, like you said, instantaneous. Yeah, because you've got that that real
5: sensitive, exactly. Mm -hmm. That real sensitive, like a sinus cavity or whatever that is right there above your eye to where it's just, boom, instant pain. And then me falling in the blind, at that point, I was like, this might as well happen (laughs) (laughs) too.
0: Well, that was better than what I was expecting. Good job on that story there. Um, These days, though, I, I, you know, it seems like it's the same with all of you guys um, in this line of work. That it's harder, it's harder to get outdoors now because yeah. you're touring on traditionally when everyone else is doing those exactly. outdoor recreation activities, mm-hmm. you, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday,
5: right? You guys are on the road and you're broke. So you don't have like, you can't, uh, uh, or, you know, you can't really, uh, keep up your, your lease or, or whatever anymore yeah. or, um. Or, but mainly it's the, it's the timing thing. and what well, my point is, like, I'm just going to keep working hard until I start making really good money at this, and then I can, like, buy my ranch and, and hunt on my all off days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But right now I'm crashing on couches and on the road drinking truck stop coffee. So. But I'm just as happy doing this as I am when I hunt, so it's no complaints on my end yeah. for sure.
0: Well, you, you keep grinding, man. Like I said, I'm a big fan. Good things are going to happen for you, no doubt about that. Thank you, man. Um, I appreciate that. What would be... Number one, your bucket list place to hunt for anything. Hunt. Number two, your bucket list place to play.
5: Oh, what country is that? I oh, was speaking of dove hunting, how fun it is. Oh, Argentina. Yeah, Argentina's oh. got just those the <laughs> yeah. just they're flocks like of dove. It's like there. never they're like locusts, yeah. And I always I see that video pop up all oh. the time on my Facebook feed of just those guys just they can't even keep up. It's insane. Yeah. So that looks fun. I'm not gonna lie. Like That's <laughs> on my list.
0: And they've got good like red wine and steak there, like really? culturally. Um, I haven't been, but it's it's up there, man. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I've got buddies like that. Guide, out. So yeah.
5: But yeah, man, I'm I'm not really a, like a I don't have really aspirations to do big game like Africa hunting, but but that looks fun and um I don't know man, at this point I'm I'm at the point, yeah, we're anywhere right now. So maybe like a like a Montana or like upper Midwest hunting. I know that's really, really fun. Everybody mm-hmm. that goes and does like it when it comes to like mule deer or maybe even like like quail or something, I hear a lot of people say they have a ton of fun when they go up and do that.
0: I'm going uh, to Montana for an elk
5: hunt in September. so I'll Really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, let me know how, yeah. if that's fun or not. Or what if, if a, you're if that's fun or you're just cold the whole time and you're like, no, nah, that was Oh, fun. it's going to be fun. <laughs> probably a little miserable too, but uh, that's what it's all time. about.
0: It, you know, like sleeping on couches. Couldn't exactly. <laughs> it's
5: miserable when you don't come back and you don't even see anything. You're like, man, that yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about your bucket list place to play? Place to play. I, see, I've been really fortunate to cross out a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did ACL Live Moody Theater in mm-hmm. downtown Austin this year which was, again, that was one of my dream venues and I did Green Hall this year which of course, just yeah. being a kid that's been so you know enthralled in this scene I, I always wanted to play there so those two I'm very fortunate I got to cross off uh, I grew up going to New Braunfels a lot and I, I pretty much permanently live there now um, and Whitewater Amphitheater. I don't know if you've seen a show there, oh. but it is so cool, such a cool venue. That's definitely one of on my bucket list, and the just the classic standards like your Ryman Auditorium in Nashville or Red Rocks and in uh-huh. Colorado. You know those, just those. I'm yeah. I'm really. I had a buddy. He sent me a picture. He was at Red Rocks last
0: week, seeing Cody. Cody Jinx? Jinx? Yeah, yeah, exactly. man. That sold out. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That
5: venue, man. It's it's cool. Anytime like on Access TV or something, you'll see like a concert come up. Like I was watching. One from like who like Alan Jackson the other day, and then I saw like one from for Dave Matthews Band, and I love sitting through them and just watching the the energy of the crowd and like in the band too, the how much fun they're having there, and plus it's just a beautiful venue, those big red rock red rocks everywhere. Yeah.
0: Funny thing about Cody, he's sat in that chair you're sitting in on two different occasions. No way. And now it's uh now I'll call his his agency. And they're like, uh, he's, you know, he's really cool. busy now. He's a bit tied up. Yeah. So, so it's, but you know, hopefully that's, uh, one day I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to go. You you'll no, be kidding me too.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, man. Yeah.
0: But, um, well, Hey, let's wrap it up with, uh, with another song. I know you've got a brand new one you want to play for us. Sure
5: thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. It's called uh, Southern comfort. Tell how come everyone's in such a hurry, baby? Winding up and wound up like a banjo string turned up too tight. Oh, I think folks just need to slow it on down, down, down. Take a little ride to the river, roll on up and roll the blanket out, yeah. Southern comfort, don't it? feel so fine, fine, fine. Southern comfort, don't it? Gets you how or gets you high, dude. I've been LA crazy. I've lit New York nights. Met a woman in Vegas. Lord, I'm lucky I got out of there alive. All i tell you, there ain't nothing that I found, found, found shines like the Mississippi moonlight. Can't you hear the crickets in the background? Southern comfort, don't it feel so fine, fine, fine? Southern comfort, don't it gets you high. Oh, get You know I'm talking about the kind you find On the front porch sipping on moonshine You know I'm talking about the kind you find When you cross the Alabama state line you know I'm talking about the kind you find When your baby's in the kitchen baking peach pie. I ain't talking about the kind in the bottle But if you got a bottle, hell, bring it on by me. Southern comfort don't it Feels so fine, fine, fine Southern comfort on it Gets you high, high, Southern comfort don't it Feels so fine, oh, so fine Southern comfort on it Gets you high, or gets you high, Do. Tune. I'm Star Outdoors, baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome, brother. Love that one. So that's brand new, uh, co wrote yes, with uh, Josh Grider. Josh Grider, yeah, one of yeah, my favorites. Man. There,
5: he's he's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Very cool.
0: Well, hey, uh, if you want to tell folks where they can find you, your website, uh, social media stuff.
5: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Spotify, where I found Spotify, you. Spotify. Uh, that's that's always a good one. That's pretty much where the uh, the music is going at this point, as far as where everyone listens. Uh, but anywhere else you can type my name in a search bar and find music amazon uh, itunes youtube all that good stuff um go to mason for show dates uh i don't even know why i ask people for their stuff anymore just maybe the website just assume <laughs> that
0: everyone is on youtube yeah and all the some media people you like, never <laughs> know hey you can
5: be like garth brooks and make it super hard to find your music <laughs> but uh yeah man when, when you're at our level anything helps Any uh, anywhere and i i even I'll even tell people, like, yeah, find me on Napster or MySpace. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. No, anything that is relevant now at yeah. this point, you can find me. <laughs>
0: well, right on, brother. Well, I certainly appreciate you dropping by, man. Big thank fan. You, man. I, hope, uh, our, I know our listeners are going to enjoy your music as well. So thank you. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Thanks, man. I had fun. Appreciate it. All right. Mason Lively, everybody. I'm telling you, one of these days, that kid's going to big time us and say, nah. Or maybe his manager will say, Mason, uh, yeah, he doesn't really have time to do podcasts anymore. (laughs) But uh, big fan of his music. Hope you all enjoyed that. Um, That segment was proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land. That's the one thing they're not making any more of. I keep telling you all that because, hey, we all want it, right? I know I do. Whether that's for hunting, fishing, recreating, just getting the hell out of the big city. Or, hey, maybe you fancy yourself as some kind of rancher. You want to run some cows. Try your hand at that. Whatever the case, Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you. You can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. We will be right back with Dave Keith of Texas Trophy Hunters. It's extravaganza season, and we're going to jump into that next on the Lone Star
4: Outdoors show. Now well,
5: it's a long way back To get
4: to where I've been
0: Hey y'all, spring is here, and that means a lot of things, but specifically, your lawn is about to become your own worst nightmare. That's why I use JC's Landscaping. They do everything from lawn and landscape maintenance to fertilization and weed control. New premium sod installations. Hey, you need a French drain? I had to have them put in a French drain a couple years ago. They do that too. Landscaping updates, makeovers, stone borders, patios, and much more. Serving the North Dallas and surrounding areas, you can find them at jclandscapingllc.com and tell them Cable sent you.
3: I broke a promise to myself to ride the throttle till the wheels came on. Burn out like a molotov in the night sky. I broke a promise to myself and made a couple choices. Jason Isbell
0: for you, Molotov, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks so much for being here today. I do appreciate it very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be talking outdoors with you every week. So thanks for dropping by. Uh, we're about to get into the Texas Trophy Hunter extravaganza season as it will kick off next week. Man, uh, back-to-back-to-back shows coming up in Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. And we've got Texas Trophy Hunter President and CEO Dave Keith on the line. We're going to visit with him momentarily on the upcoming uh, Texas Trophy Hunter shows. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Josh and Becky Gunther, my good friends, they've been taking care of me for I don't know how many years. Too many to count, really. It's been a long time. I'm looking around the studio right now. And uh, just in here alone, we've got Axis, Whitetail, Life Size Black Bear, uh, European mounts, uh, scimitar horned orcs, speckled trout replica, you name it. Uh, if you caught it or killed it, they will make an awesome display for you. And, uh, you can find them at grthenumber number eight mounts.com. They've got shops in Marion and San Antonio. That's grthenumber number eight mounts.com. And with that being said, let's bring on our next guest, Dave Keith of Texas trophy hunters. Thanks for being here
4: man thank you for having me i appreciate it the pleasure is a- mine absolutely so so tell us a little bit about yourself because
6: uh i know you, you recently took over at the helm of, of texas trophy hunters and we're certainly excited about that uh but uh tell us about you what you like to hunt you know where you're from all that good stuff
4: you bet i grew up out in west texas uh initially out west of lubbock in a little town called whiteface -huh and so we we were on a cotton farm, so I didn't really get started hunting until after I was out of college because hunting season unfortunately was the same time as time, the time to harvest cotton right so 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 I met my my future wife whenever we were at Texas Tech University, and all of her family hunted, so I figured out pretty quick that if I didn't start hunting, I was not going to fit in so <laughs> so in order to to well i I picked up hunting and and uh and never looked back so but we, we love to, to whitetail hunt. Uh, we still do a lot of dove hunting and quail hunting as well, but you know primarily whitetails these days. I got my my first whitetail buck in East Texas on my sister's place over 25 years ago and, and was completely hooked at that point. Uh, we bought a place in southern Coleman County in 2005, and we've been hunting there ever since. And I've been trying to make up for all those years I didn't get to hunt.
6: So. Oh, yeah. Well, in Coleman... Uh, you guys probably have, you should have a decent quail crop this year, I would think.
4: Yes, yeah, so we've seen quite a few birds around the place, and uh, you know, we may, may if we're lucky, get a second hatch. We'll see. So.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, we had that that boom. I guess it was through two years ago. Uh, yeah. And then you know, we had two really good years, and then things kind of fell off again. But everyone yeah. was so worried the quail are going away. They're 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 never going to come back. And then boom, we had the precipitation that we needed and, and at the right times and, and I'll be damned if those little birds didn't come back. Uh, Dale Rollins, I'm sure you know Dale, uh, yeah. you know he said I think it was 2016 and 17 were two of the best years he's seen in, in 50 plus years of doing it.
4: Yeah they took a beating during the drought but they sure made a comeback after it.
6: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well that's good to hear so y'all been seeing some birds. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. So as far as you taking over at, at Trophy Hunter's, um, I don't know. It seems like every time somebody takes over a position of leadership, there are subtle changes within the organization. Um, yeah. I don't know if the membership will see those reflected or not, but I figured I'd at least ask you if uh, there was anything new or any ideas that you had that um, you know, might be different from the way things always
4: have been done. Sure, you know, we've we've always been a, a mostly whitetail organization. I think we'll certainly stay focused on that. There's a lot of things that won't change. You know, we've had this magazine going for a long time, the, the Journal of the Texas Trophy Hunters, and a lot of people look for that. Boy, they're at at their mailbox, you know, every two months to get that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really see that part changing. The other piece that that really has been around for so long has been the hunters' extravaganzas, and I don't really see those changing either. Those are, you know, those are the things that are, are our, our biggest product lines and our biggest trademarks. And so I think those will stay the stay the same. I think what you will see change, though, is that we're really going to be taking advantage more of the modern media channels, particularly online.
2: Uh-huh.
4: So today. Um, we have a paper magazine. We'll keep the paper magazine going, but we're working towards making that available as a digital edition as well so people can actually pull that up on their phone you know, and, and not have to carry the magazine around with them if that's the way they want to consume that content.
6: What a crazy Good. world we live in now. It's just too right? inconvenient yeah. to carry a magazine around. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and then the other thing that will be really different um, is we'll add a lot more content on the web, and so we're working towards we've got to put some more infrastructure behind our website in order to make this work. But you'll see a lot more uh, stories and videos uh, online than than what we've been been able to do in the past. Excellent. So see, Excellent. See That shift as well.
6: Okay. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny you said that, going back to that magazine and actually carrying a physical copy. Um, if, for anyone who travels frequently, all you have to do is look yep. around on an airplane. Very few people are actually reading books and magazines anymore. It's all on their on their phone, I feel like a dinosaur, because I'll pull out all my, my favorite hunting magazines.
2: Cause <laughs> I, I might save
6: them for a month or two and say, oh, I got this trip, and I'm just going to, especially like go to Africa or fly to Canada for something, you know. Uh, that's a long flight, you know. Yeah. And and then I'll pull out a compact disc player. I've still got all my old CDs, so uh,
4: <laughs>
6: most of the kids. You're really old
4: school, man. Oh, my
6: gosh. They, yes, I'm a, I'm a relic. But there's kids <laughs> on those planes that look at that. They have no idea what a CD player is.
4: Yeah,
2: it's
6: like what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, when it finally breaks, I guess I'll have to just start putting all my music on my phone. So, anyway, um, okay, well, so let me ask you this: as someone who's been around Texas deer hunting for 25 plus years, what what is your favorite aspect of the trophy hunters' extravaganzas? And and this year we've got them coming up in Fort Worth, San Antonio, and Houston, uh, same places as they've been in existence for. God, I don't know, 30-something years, maybe longer?
4: Yeah, several years, yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part?
4: So the, there's really two parts. So for me, the, the extravaganza season is always like the kickoff for hunting season because I know that a few weeks right after that, I'm going to be in the field and I'm going to be dove hunting and getting all my... My deer hunting stuff ready, yeah. and so so it's it's the kickoff, and it just is is a great you know time of, of really high energy getting ready for that. Because man, even after all these years, every year I'm looking forward to yeah, hunting season is just about to start, and so so that's that's what it's always been for me. But you know this year it's different because I'm on the inside uh, looking out here at TTHA, and I tell you the thing that is just really cool is the energy and the commitment of the staff here I mean not just to hunting and to outdoors but to TTHA and certainly these extravagantists everybody here on the team is just so pumped I mean they're they're getting really ready for this and it, and it's been a lot of fun to watch and and they they really love what they do and so that that's been a, a new new perspective for me
6: awesome awesome yeah I see it from uh, see it from the other side of the fence I guess is what you're able to do at this point. What yeah. uh, what exhibits and possibly you know new products are you specifically excited about this year?
4: Oh man, there's there's so much to be excited about. Where do we start? You know, <laughs> the one thing that's the big thing that's new this year is the locked and loaded giveaway. Oh yeah, uh, we're giving away a lot of hunting equipment uh, of, of all different kinds, and so at, at every show there'll be a lot of drawings, and and people will have a chance to win some really really nice prices there.
6: Like what? Um, guns?
4: Well, so so we have several firearms, we have some uh
6: I like guns, some other Dave. feeders
4: and other equipment. Yeah,
6: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> tell me where yeah. I can sign up to win a free gun. I'm in. sign, sign up to win
4: a gun, yeah. right? I'm I'm in for that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's actually several guns in there and so you can see those on the website right now as well, but but uh and we'll certainly have them on display at at the extravaganzas and so that'll that'll generate even more excitement, so but you know we we've got seminars at the campfire and that's sponsored by Tractor Supply, uh, Doctor Deer who is a frequent contributor to our magazine as well as to the seminars at the Extravaganza. As well as
6: our show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, and Jim Miller will also be there talking about bow hunting. Um, so so lots of lots of good options there to to get a little education. We're in the second year of our 3D Archery Tournament, and that's sponsored by Record Rack and Martin Archery, and so there's a great chance there to win, win, win the prizes as well as bragging rights as well at each one of those locations. Mm, awesome. It's always incredible to see the deer contest, to see the deer that were harvested last year, and that's sponsored by Vortex, Vortex Optics, Yep, and it is just, you just see some incredible deer there, both high fence and low fence harvests that are just Really amazing. So that's always a lot of fun. Oh,
6: you're going to see the Chad uh, Chad Jones buck, the 235 yeah. and change that uh, was shot in my part of the world up here in Collin yeah. County. I just actually was talking to Chad. Uh, he's going to come to my lease. Uh, I've never hunted a small property, and he's pretty adept at
4: uh, <laughs> at
6: that. I mean, obviously, if you look <laughs> at that buck, great. so he's going to yeah, come. Yeah, and
4: there's actually a story coming up in the next uh, edition of the magazine on that.
6: One. Oh, yeah, it's a hell of a story. Uh, we, yeah. we, people have heard uh, he's been on the show, but for those who haven't. Heard that interview. We'll wait for the magazine to come out. They can check that out. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he knows what he's doing. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, definitely. That, but it's awesome to see all those big bucks that uh, people yeah. have taken over the last year.
4: Yeah, that's another one of those things that gets me all excited about hunting season. Maybe I'm going to see one of those this year.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, and so so we've also got on Saturday at each show, uh, we have the member happy hour that's sponsored by our friends from Lone Star Beer. Um, so so that'll be a lot I've of fun. I've heard of those
6: guys. <laughs> yeah, you
4: know, and and you'll get the chance. Members uh, that are participating in the happy hour will get this uh, this really cool uh, stainless steel cup. that has got a, a Lone Star logo on one side and a TTHA logo on the other, and it and it's a that'll be your beer cup for the day. So, awesome. awesome, And then there's some some products that are just you know one of the things that's cool about Extravaganza is there's always new products, and a lot of times it's a it's a small company that's just getting started. And, and it, it's great for us to be able to help them find a way to, to get some traction and get their, uh, get their products going. So a couple that I'm really excited about, one in Houston is a company called Deerball. Um, and it's hmm. like, wow, really? And sure enough, it, and it, it, you can see their products at deerball.com. And it's a when you take a European mount, it's got actually a, a, a cover for the skull that looks like a football that can be decorated however you want. So if, if you're a football fan and a hunter, you can combine both of your favorite sports um, in one thing. And so huh. that's, that's, a, that's a pretty nifty new product. And then one, one that we'll see in Fort Worth is a product called Grizzly Ears, and it's a uh, Bluetooth wireless uh, headset. Actually, not headset. It goes down in your ears. Um, like a, uh, a cordless um, earphones uh-huh. and uh, and it's it works as a, a hearing enhancement device so that you can can hear better in the field but it's also hearing protection so it'll shut off uh, whenever the decibels get too high and they're waterproof and huh. so so they work well in the field to be able to to listen and then protect your hearing at the same time
6: wow yeah and i've seen you know over the course of 10 years of doing this and coming to the at the very least, the Fort Worth show every year. I've seen these some yeah. of these smaller startup companies grow to the point where you know you know that they're they've made it uh, yes. in, in the outdoor space. So that's always uh, it's always great to see how how those companies have continued to expand their reach.
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
6: Yeah, well, and I know Trophy Scan is going to be there too. Um, yes yeah, so that
4: that's a really cool new product that people ought to come out and check out so that but to be able to score your deer electronically is, yeah. is really a, a really big advance
6: 3d scanner and uh they're gonna have a booth i was talking to one of the owners the other day and he mentioned that if you bring your deer your your, your antlers out there they will score it for you right there electronically so
4: yeah right uh, there on the spot
6: very cool very cool well, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It always is. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I encourage folks to come out. What does say if um you know I've got a family of five, um, wife, kids, we want to come out for the day. What is the financial commitment for for one of the shows?
4: So a a, a one day pass for adults is twelve dollars. Kids five to twelve are five dollars, and if they're under five, it's free. Um, for adults, if you want a weekend pass for the whole weekend, it's fifteen dollars. But on Friday evenings, it's free for TTHA members, so if you come to the Friday show and you're a member or you buy a membership, um, then, then you get in free. And then throughout the weekend, it's free for active military, veterans, and first responders. Since Houston is August 2nd through the 4th, um, and then we'll go to Fort Worth, and then that following weekend we'll be in San Antonio August 16th through the 18th. Three to 8 on Fridays, 9 to 7 on Saturday, and 10 to 5 on Sunday.
6: Well, brother, I certainly appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you out there at the uh, Fort Worth show coming up here in just yeah. a couple weeks.
4: You bet. Looking forward to it. Be be looking forward to seeing you again. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Gable.
0: Dave Keith, the new president and CEO of Texas Trophy Hunters Association. And by the way, we are uh, we're giving away a pair of Vortex ten by forty-two Vipers. Uh, these binos, They're the same pair that I've had for seven or eight years. And uh, anyway, we've got a new pair that Vortex has given Trophy Hunters, and we're giving that away on my social media outlets. So uh, just go to the Lone Star Outdoors Show Facebook or Instagram page, scroll down a couple posts, and you'll see how you can enter to win those uh, Vortex Vipers 10x42s. I think they're like a $600 pair of glasses. So anyway, um, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. And that segment was brought to you by John X Safaris. Uh, the date for, we're already planning 2021, y'all. It's crazy. Folks are just booking like it's, uh, it's a hot commodity. <laughs> and it is. Going to Africa is, it is a life-changing hunting trip. No doubt about that. Uh, but the date for 2021 is going to be June 2nd through the 8th. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email. Love to have you. I'll get you the necessary information over. And we can get locked in for that 2021 trip with john x safaris um, unfortunately we got to go got to get out of here thanks to all of our guests today mason lively um, also jim wingham of Trek boots and of course dave keith as well of texas trophy hunters we'll do it again same time same place next week thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible thanks to you the listener for being a part of the lone star outdoors show until then i'm cable smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors
3: hand me, hand me
0: I gave it all up just for you
3: I gave it all up just for you